Hello, welcome to this third episode in our Advent podcasts on First Lutheran Podcasts. I am Pastor Jeff Backer, and I'll be facilitating our conversations through Advent. As we are focused this year on the Advent theme of Savior of the Nations Come, and this week in Advent 3, we are focused on Jesus will come again. Each week, we'll be preaching through the gospel text of Matthew. And for this week in Advent 3, our gospel text comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. When John heard in prison that the Messiah was doing, he sent his word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one that is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one with whom it is written, I See, I am sending a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of our Lord. So I'll be joined today by Zachary Brockhoff, the director of music of First Lutheran Church, as we talk through Advent music, some of the stories behind some of our favorite Advent hymns and some of our Christmas carols. Welcome to our podcast today, Zachary. Thanks. Good to be here. Um, I thought I would maybe even open up a little opportunity for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, the stuff that people don't know about you, uh, such as where you grew up and, and kind of some of that, maybe where you went to school. Sure. So I grew up uh, in Florida, uh, Clearwater, near that uh, side of the state, and uh, went to school uh, at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. It's where I sort of got acclimated to the lovely weather we have here in <laughs> Sioux Falls. And uh, uh, then from there, spent a couple of years, a few years in Oklahoma, um, getting a master's in church music there as well, and uh, ended up here shortly after that. So, Good. yeah. I also know that you you carry a strong Lutheran backpack with you uh, in who you are. Your grandfather, uh, we talk about often, I guess. Yes, well, John likes to. Uh, Pastor John sure does, uh, maybe more than I do, uh, right. but that's okay. Yeah, my uh, family's full of uh, Lutheran pastors and um, actually Missouri Synod um, Lutheran pastors. Uh, my grandfather, his brother, um, my uncle uh, on my mom's side as well uh, now in Chicago too. So yeah, there's lots of history there. And uh, Grandpa likes to say I took the uh, easy road into church work, uh, being a church musician. This isn't the real work of the church, <laughs> but it's pretty, it's close enough, I guess. Yeah, right. so. it makes it acceptable. That's right, it's it's semi-acceptable. Yeah. Well, and I have had the pleasure, you have forwarded me some of Grandpa's sermons uh, yep. at times over the years, and it is always very, very interesting. Uh, when you hear someone else preach on a particular subject, but sure. uh, the passion that he yeah. brings to his preaching yep. is yeah, that really was definitely, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, for sure. 
All good, for sure. Well, we've we've tackled some of the subjects around Advent, and um, you know, kind of the thing that we struggle with, and we've talked about this over the last two weeks, is this kind of seemingly taking pause before we get to Christmas, even though. You know, kind of the rest of the world wants to be at Christmas already by the end of summer. Yes. Um, and so we've dealt with some of the history and theological part of Advent. We've dealt with, you know, some of the traditions we use to actually celebrate Advent, maybe mm-hmm. uh, in devotion and, um, you know, chrisman trees and a, and a variety of other things, Advent wreaths, that kind of thing. Bishop Costanza kind of talked to last week. So I thought it would be interesting to jump into the hymnody of Advent and maybe just a little sure. bit of why that's important, what that tells us. So, Yeah, um, well, there's lots to talk about, and sort of like choosing um, hymns for worship or for Christmas Eve, um, I guess if I don't talk about everybody's favorite week, you know, if we were to do that, I'd be here a long time, and if I don't, maybe that's the end of this podcast, you know, (laughs) people stop listening. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, uh, I think talking a little bit about Advent hymnody and, and Christmas hymnody also will be helpful. We could start, I think the the blurb in the bulletin, the advertisement for this particular podcast said talking about some of the, your some of the stories behind your favorite right. Advent and Christmas hymns. Right. I don't know that anybody has a favorite Advent hymn, um, but um, they certainly have Christmas favorites, and maybe we could start by talking about one of those. Sure. Um, and it's one, again, that I think if we didn't sing on Christmas Eve... Uh, there would be a revolt, and that's uh, Silent Night. We'd all be in um, trouble, right? We'd all be we'd all be in trouble. That's one that that story gets told. Um, I remember it being told when I was in high school. At a, I mean, it's a public school, nothing Christian, Lutheran, anything having to do with that. But um, I was in the magical group in high school, and uh, before we we'd sing that, uh, the the story would get told in in okay, s- in sure. this kind of a way of. And, uh, you know, uh, on Christmas Eve in, in 1818, uh, Father Joseph Moore came in from the, uh, from the outside, the, the cold, light snowfall, you know, picturesque Christmas Eve scene, and discovered that the organ wasn't working, and, well, you have to have music on Christmas Eve, and what will we sing, and this kind of thing. Right. So he sat down, and he, he, he wrote down this beautiful text and had the organist... Uh, Franz Gruber set this to music, and now it's been passed on through the generations. I mean, this is the way the story kind of gets told. Sure. Um, and then, of course, we would sing Silent Night and have a soloist and sing it first stanza in German. and uh, That was all really to supposedly make it more meaningful in the moment, right? If you right. knew the background of this hymn, you right. would have a fuller understanding, story, right? Emotionally you, you attached, attached to it, attached and, to it in some yeah. way. And that's kind of how we talk about stories uh, of, of hymns and background of hymns is really to say, doesn't that make it more meaningful? We're not right. really sure how that might happen, but we're confident that it does because you understand this kind of thing. And Silent Night is an interesting one um, from the standpoint that we, we tell it in that way, but we all kind of know how Christmas actually goes. I mean, I'm sure the, the details that get left out is, is that the priest and the organist uh, at that uh, parish uh, were scared half to death that the organ wasn't working, and right. what are we going to do? The choirs rehearsed this or that for the last yeah. three months, and, and uh, scads of people coming into worship, and what are we going to sing? What are we going to do? So the... Uh, 
I guess one of the first things I should say about about the way they set that, it was originally set for um, two voices, uh, treble voices, uh, sung by a choir and guitar accompaniment. And a guitar accompaniment. Yes. So if we were going to be faithful to the original, the congregation wouldn't even sing it, Um, which is would be disturbing also. I mean, that's where You're these stories... You're messing with our tradition right? here. Well, exactly, exactly. But, but here's the tradition that goes back even further. Um, and, uh, and so that in itself is kind of the stories get in the way of, of doing what we'd like to do with, with the hymns and things like that. Um, but I think that's just one example of how you take, um, how you take something well-beloved and you go back and the story isn't quite the same way. I think we know how Christmas actually is. You know, I use the example of these people coming in and frantically figuring out what to do. But that's even true, like, in the last two weeks. Well, it's true now for me, and it's the preparation Absolutely. that's happening right. for the choirs and, and all the all the music that has to get done. Um, but I was, I was talking to um, my mom the other day uh, on FaceTime, and I remember when I went home to Florida for Christmas after Christmas, of course, uh, Christmas Eve worship and, and all of that was done, uh, flew to Florida and discovered that the neighbors that had moved in next door uh, had painted the house the same color uh, as the house in Florida, our house next door. The exact same. Sure. Um, this is not the case in the neighborhood, right? But they decided to do this. So then I hear from my mom that they've put uh, reindeer uh, in the yard, just like she has for the last 20 years. Sure. And I asked her, you know, have you gone over and offered them our Christmas tree? Would they like some of our (laughs) gifts this year? How could we be helpful to them in celebrating Christmas since they want to paint the house the same color? They want to put out the same decorations. They want to celebrate your style of tradition. And so right here you have Jesus says, love your neighbor, and we— are struggling right now to love the next door, the literal next, <laughs> next door neighbor, neighbor. <laughs> uh, and Merry Christmas to all. And how do we do this? Right, right? exactly. So that that's actually you know how Christmas actually is. Uh, right. It's not a picturesque, uh, gently falling snow and uh, everything wrapped up in a nice bundle to to package for people for Christmas. Right. right. Um, and I think. Um, the interesting, I guess, the question to ask. Um, there's lots of stories you can tell about hymns, but I think, I think the the important thing when we talk about hymnody is how do we hear these hymns, um, and what do we hear in singing them and listening to them um, in the holiday season, which frankly goes back um, in in. Uh, in this country and in society today as far back as October, right? Walmart's right. playing Little Drummer Boy and even O Come, yep, O Come, exactly. Emmanuel. <clears throat> so what are we hearing in those two months, and particularly as we gather um, for worship in the next few weeks, um, what are we listening for? And um, some of that might have to do with the stories. Yeah. Uh, but, but more so, I think it's about the text and what it actually has to say now. I mean, the only reason at least in my mind, the only reason we're singing these things still today, and it's not because of the, the story. The story's interesting, but it doesn't give us uh, enough reason. Um, right. The text has something to say to us. So um, one of my favorite stories about how we hear Christmas hymns, um, I heard a pastor tell a story in a sermon. This was, I don't know, almost 10 years ago now, and uh, it, I thought it was a funny story. 
um, he said he was driving to uh, church or driving somewhere during the Christmas season, had the radio on in the car. And um, he's driving along, and they've, it's one of these radio programs you call in, we'll play your favorite Christmas song. Oh, sure. And uh, you know how these go. So they, uh, this, this uh, gentleman calls in and says, well, uh, I, I'd like you to play my favorite Christmas song. And, and the host says, well, what's that? And he said, well, you know, it's a new Christmas song by, uh, by uh, Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> he says, well, what's that one? He says, well, you know, it's, uh, um, you know how it goes. He says, no, I don't know. Could you hum a bar or two? He says, okay, so, well, I guess so. Let me see if I can do this. And it's kind of, you know, do, 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 do. He starts humming, it's God rest you, merry gentlemen. Right. And the comment from the pastor was, and I think it's a good one, it can frame some of the conversation around hymns. I wonder if he heard in that hymn what the text says. God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ, your Savior, was born for you this day to save us all from Satan's power. I mean, is any of that registering with folks, right, as they listen? Not to this guy. He wanted to hear the, the great new song by Bare Naked Ladies, you know? Right. Right. So, um, uh, and I think, you know, that's a goofy example, but the same kind of thing can happen for us as we sing hymns, because as I say, everybody has their favorites. Um, we all have, uh, for reasons basically of nostalgia, I think, in a lot of cases, hymns that we want sung. Um, uh, you know, when I go home, my grandfather is fond of saying, we ended every service with joy to the world. I've right. talked with people up here that say, my, my grandfather who was a pastor, or my dad ended every service with Silent Night, or whatever, right? right? right. We all have those things. So to not certainly not ignore those things because they're they're meaningful for people right. but how do we how do we hear them new right. um and i don't mean that in the way that some i've heard some pastors talk about scripture right listen to this like it's the first time you're hearing it well it's not right. the first time i'm hearing it that's an absurd notion right, right? that that it's, all of a sudden this it's is just like come. the whole thing of uh, sure. we're, we're actually waiting for christ to come when he has already right come. I right mean, i mean i this yeah. is not this is not what we're suggesting but how do right. how do we hear these in a different way i think some of the best christmas hymns good good christmas hymnody and advent hymnody draw us into really the rest of the story right beyond the baby in a manger and and those are the moments that we want to listen for in this season um and gives us reason for for worshiping. Period. Um, right. Who is this child that we worship? I mean, as the hymn asks, "What child is this?" And that's, I think, one we'll sing on Christmas Eve, at least right now. Right. <laughs> the bulletin right. says so. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that turns out. But but um, let's see uh, an example or two. I had a couple of stanzas of different things. Um, well, we can start with. Let's start with. Um, yeah, maybe that hymn, What Child Is This?, um, which on its most basic level asks a question and urges you to fill in the blank. Um, right. So the second stanza of that is the one I think is especially good um, uh, because it starts to answer that question rather clearly. 
Um, why lies he, that's Christ, in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian, fear, for sinners here the silent word is pleading. Nails, spears shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made, made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. And how all of a sudden you're transported outside of Christmas Eve 2019 or Christmas Eve 1970, wherever we'd like to be right. or think whatever we'd like to be, is. whatever the memory is, whatever yeah. the story is of that hymn, and frankly, I'm not entirely sure about that one, but whatever it is, all of a sudden, now this this babe in a manger is for you. Right. Uh, the cross is taken for you, and, and uh, this is where <laughs> I give thanks for hymnody, um, where if the sermon's not the best— all of a sudden, the liturgy and hymns start to say, uh, here's actually why we're here. I'm not worried about that, by the way, but I think it's nice. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, am I supposed to take personal offense No, to no that? personal offense, but <laughs> I've been in situations where that's the case um, and, and where that's helpful um, to, to have these hymns that, that do that. Um, I guess the other thing we should address, and maybe we can come back to Christmas in a minute, is, is the topic of Advent hymns. Right. I know I'm jumping around here a little bit, but... With with Advent hymnody, I think the question, and it's one that that you asked, um, I think early in the podcast with uh, Dr. Paulson, which was why why Advent and why yeah, do we why have it's to do this? For us to actually, yeah. yeah, why is it important? And right. and why do we bother celebrating when the rest of the world says forget it? <clears throat> I had a thought a couple of days ago, uh, which um, I don't know if this will be helpful or not, but it's kind of helped me. Um, think about why we would bother to sing Advent hymns. One, one I think, is the notion that Advent, in a sense, buries Christ, right? We have this idea that if we're not singing Christmas hymns, we're singing nothing of Jesus. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, some of that's nostalgia and what's well-known and what people hear right. on the radio and Walmart and whatever. But the other thing is, I think we miss something if, if in the Advent hymns we don't realize God promised to send a Savior— um, if this was, if in essence the sending of Jesus Christ was God, uh, this is going to not really how this probably works. I don't know. God wakes up one day and says, "You know what I ought to do." <laughs> I just, I, I have a hard time. Right. Th- that in itself says it was a mistake, or mm, God thought about it one day, but not the rest of the Bible, the Old yeah. Testament, and this is not so important, right? If I put it in maybe more biblical theological kind of terms. Right. But in fact, um, the Advent hymns, and there's one we've sung a couple of times, that's why it's on my mind. We sang it last week for midweek and again on Sunday. That was, that was some of my not-so-great planning to sing this back-to-back, but it's a good hymn, and it's um, Blessed Be the God of Israel Who Comes to Set Us yeah. Free, um, which in the title itself you hear some of the um, uh, Old Testament and, yeah, and Israel so. and this thing for, for the average person sitting there. Um the, the interesting um, stanza in there, or the line is, and I think it's stanza two, I think. With promised mercy will God still the covenant recall, the oath once sworn to Abraham from foes to save us all, which which starts to say God's recalling a promise. God's not simply sending a Savior because you really goofed um, um, December 24th, uh, whatever right right, right. <laughs> um and, and and god made up his mind but th- there's a promise here 
and it 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 puts Advent in a in a different picture, right? Where you can see and why the threefold nature of Advent is important. Right. Um, that God promises to send a Savior. He actually does this, and now the the action the, the the promise from God is, I'm I'm coming back. Right. Um, and we can trust that because of all of the rest of what God has said and done, right. um, both in the present and the past. So in a, in a, I don't know, Cliff Notes kind of version, that's why I think Advent hymns are important. Right. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I was, what, to... what, you, what you got me thinking of just a little bit is, yeah. um, you know, as I was going through Sam, I remember... Uh, one of my professors talking about the Old Testament as the gospel of the Old Testament. I'm like, what are you talking about? You yeah. know, it's this was early on in seminary, you know, and I'm like, it's just history and uh-huh, it's all sure. law right. and all of those right. things. Right. But when you really understand that we get a promise from God right from Genesis, yes, that is going to carry us to Christ. Right. But yet, this is exactly what we try to do at Christmas at Christmas time too. Is we kind of forget why this is even happening. Yes. And so the, the major voice of a lot of our hymnody at Advent is about reiterating God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and his dependability yes. and that this promise has existed for all time. Right. Like you said, it's not something where he woke up one day and said, oh, I think I'm going to try something <laughs> right. new. <laughs> right. This was intended from the beginning. Right. Which which is incredible in and of itself. If you right. think the incarnation alone, right, God coming to earth is something special— uh, think about this as not. Uh, of course, it's a it's a moment when God does this, right. but that it's that it stretches further than that. I think the passage, um, and I'll give credit to my grandfather for this, one that he'd talk about um, with regard to the Old Testament and and why it would matter and this kind of thing, is when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees or the the. Uh, teachers, right, the Jewish leaders, and he says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these scriptures testify of me. Right. Um, you're looking for all kinds of things in this. Right. Um, for your own validation. For your own, uh, for whatever reason, right. whatever you're looking for. How many people are coming uh, to Christmas Eve worship this year that are looking for some direction, some sense of peace, some sense of hope, and Jesus says, in all of this, you see me. So it's impossible for me to sing an Advent hymn or something about um, promises made to Abraham and this kind of business and not say, I can see Christ in this. Right. Um, even this was Monday afternoon, we were singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, all eight, eight uh, stanzas for a funeral. And um, uh, there's a stanza in there... Um, from depths of hell, your people save and give them victory or the grave. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's an ask of God in that hymn. But right. if you can't, if you're singing that, I think we we ought to see Christ in that in some in a fashion and saying God has done that. Um, which, of course, is where I think this is what uh, Doctor Paulson was talking about all over the place right. and saying the preacher actually breaks in and gives this where the hymnody can't. Right. I mean, I think it goes right. That but the hymnody can. The that's, hymnody that's the can. It can. Yeah. Um, sometimes in in a really good way, yeah. um, and and other times it, it it needs help. I have a confession for you. So I was yeah. sitting in that funeral. Yeah. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, we're gonna sing all eight stanzas. Oh, absolutely. In yeah. fact, in fact, I think uh, I was told later, and I wasn't paying attention. Um, I guess the way I should have. Um, so I can confess that too. Uh, Pastor John said he got up and sort of waved his arms or did something to say we're done after stanza four. Right. And here we were going on through the rest of them. I kept going. I thought, uh, well, we'll just we'll keep going right along. But yeah. But the thing that I was thinking was exactly what you were talking about. We got to that stanza uh-huh. that you just spoke about. And yeah. I was like, how much better promise can we have right. than to be sitting here watching someone that we have loved in a casket? Yeah. And... Word is telling us this is a promise for you. Yes. That comes out of this hymn that we know. I mean, <clears throat> there's no doubt that most of the church knows this hymn very, very mm-hmm. well. I think even, you know, the culture, secular yeah, world knows. I agree. Knows I th- think that might be the one Advent hymn they know. Exactly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yet there is such a promise that comes out of that hymn. Yeah. But you have to listen for it's it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's pretty cool. Um. The other, there may be two other Christmas hymns. I don't know in terms of time and everything what we're doing, but um, uh, the, the other stanza that gets left out of hymnals, um, and it's a shame, uh, is with "It Came Upon uh, Midnight Clear." Yeah, and the stanza that gets left out, which, which in a way. Um, pulls you into a, a different, maybe, way of looking at the Christmas story, but I think, more importantly, also puts it in the now, right, where where there's good news. Um, and uh, it, It's this one. Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel's song have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. So hush the noise, you men of strife, and hear the angels sing. Um, isn't that great? That's amazing. <laughs> right? Right. All of a sudden, right and there. And it's like stanza five that never nobody ever gets to. Right. Well, that one's omitted probably for the man at war with man, right. this kind of thing, that language. How do you... How do you balance that? How do you balance that with right. the rest of it? But... But but that that idea of uh, woes of sin and strife and difficulty, that's not uh, something you want to leave out. We can all relate to that. It doesn't matter when you're you're living. Um, it can be two thousand years. It could be four thousand years. Whatever. Right. Uh, and and we all can relate to that. I think. And say, so in all of that pain and difficulty and loss and and whatever's going on in somebody's life, the noise actually can be hushed right now yep. if you can hear what the angels sing and what do the angels sing glory to god, glory to god peace on earth that's right christ is born um of course <laughs> the element with music that's always interesting is that this stuff is flying by oftentimes so quickly as you sing it that you don't have a chance um i joke that i read the hymnal when I can't sleep at night you know and that'll put me to sleep right away but in truth <laughs> it's it's also a way to say um uh these texts have a place um they're m- most often based in scripture the good ones anyhow and uh, how we use those so um I'd encourage people to sit down with some of these hymns and and read through them um yeah. just like you would scripture I think right. the the comment was read through the gospel of Luke or something like that right um this was the bishop suggestion yeah, last, right, last right. week yeah. yeah which yeah. I see a lot of people doing 
The only other thing I'd want to talk about is how we handle these things musically, because it's one thing to talk about the words themselves, right. and maybe another thing to um, to talk about the the music and what musicians do with texts like this. And I think to do that, we can talk about um, uh, one of the most well-known Christmas hymns, and that's O Come All Ye Faithful. Um, sort of the definitive version in the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years, maybe more, um, has been uh, the arrangement by Sir David Wilcox, which we'll use again here Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, what he does with really the entire hymn, but particularly the final stanza, um, and this is what I'd like to, to have us listen to uh, here in just a minute, um, the text is, uh, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, or born for our salvation. Um, uh, Jesus to thee, all glory be given, right? Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Yeah. What you want to listen for in this uh, recording, which is from a few Christmas Eves ago here at First Lutheran, and the congregation and choirs singing brass and organ and everything, um, is what, what he does with this word, word of the Father, right there on that particular text. Um, musically, I won't go into what the chord is, that doesn't matter. Listen to how it transforms um, and, make, and really highlights that particular, uh, that particular text. here we could play that all right so we've played that um now let me think um so you hear you hear something like that it's a it's a powerful moment i think for musicians this is all over social media they'll post simply that chord right uh word with the with the the musical spelling the notes underneath and everybody instantly says oh i wait for that moment in fact i leaned over the one of the trumpeters last year who hadn't played for us in the past, I said, wait for this. This is the best musical moment. And there's a sense in which musicians can get weird about that kind of thing, too. Like, right. it's not Christmas without it. But I think, <laughs> I think, and it's it, that's that's the danger in all this. Right. But I'd encourage you to listen for it, because here's, here's what it, um, here's what it does, I think. Obviously, it's a reference to John's gospel in the opening to this. In the beginning was the word. Word was made flesh, all this kind of thing. And here is not only, it's the word of the Father right here. Um, everything God's promised, if we go back to that, is fulfilled right now yeah. in, this, in this baby. Um, and, and the way the music highlights that is just tremendous. Um, and so I encourage you to listen for it, what musicians have done with this and taken it to say, 
right now. The promise is here, and it's for you. Well, this is the great message, actually, of Advent. Yeah. Is, um, you know, the third week of Advent, this is kind of coming back a little bit to the tradition of Advent, mm -hmm. is often called Gaudette Sunday. Yes. And, and the, the meaning behind that, for those of you that are kind of Advent nerds, you know, this is where... <laughs> Uh, your Advent wreath has a different color candle. Sure. It usually has a pink candle. Yep. But um, what you're speaking of here is exactly what Godet Sunday is lifting up. It's this understanding again that a Savior will come, mm -hmm. a Savior has come, and a Savior will come again. And exactly what you're talking about is the promise delivered for you right now. Yes. Right in your hearing it. Yes. And that is an amazing moment when you actually trust in that, when faith actually clings to that. Sure, yeah. I mean, that is the moment. Those are the moments where, like you said, you know, musicians will get a little weird about it and say, "Well, right. it's not Christmas if I don't hear that." Sure. Or, you know, uh -huh. but but truly, what the music is bringing is that promise message into the moment here and now. Yes. Uh, in just a very powerful way. And that is what this is about. And it transforms uh, the mundane singing of a carol that's four or five stanzas into something that says, listen right now. Right. I mean, l literally, um, uh, turn your ears on right here yeah. and, and hear God coming to you. This is John the Baptist. Yeah. Open yeah. your ear. <laughs> right. Here it comes. Right, right. right. Which is pretty cool. Um, the only other comment I... I'd make, and I don't know, we have to be done then. I talked for a long time about music and <laughs> hymnody, and we could talk a long time about that, but right. I, I, I was thinking about um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Another one will we'll sing uh, Christmas Eve, I think, as the sending hymn. Um, and there's a line in, the, in um, I think, the final stanza. I should know this, but um, it's too much on the brain right now. Uh, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Yes. Hail, incarnate deity. Um, and right there, um, I wonder, I've been thinking about this the last few days and been thinking about what I would say today, um, if God is veiled in the flesh there in a manger, and at our worst, most nostalgic moments, if Christ isn't also veiled sometimes in the music and in what we expect, but as we've talked about, Advent and, and really even Christmas is a way to say what you expect is not what you're going to get here. Um, God coming to you is not in the way that you think. And so I think my, my hope for people in thinking a little bit about hymns and um, how, they, how they function and work actually in, the, in, the, in a life of faith uh, would be to say, don't let that happen, right? Don't let the the promise here be veiled in in all of the stuff, whether it's hanging lights or singing the right carols or <laughs> how we do all of this. But let let um, let the texts and let the music and let all of this um, uh, give Christ to you, um, perhaps in a new way. Yeah, I uh, couldn't set it better myself. Okay. I think I think that's the perfect place to leave us. Well, you know, great. So. Well, Zachary, I'd like to thank you for being with us. For yeah, this bringing... was fun. Could we do this? We could do this every week. We could do this every week. Couldn't we? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Just well, we'll see pick what. Up, pick up a hymn and right. let's go. There yeah. you go. All right. <laughs> well, again, I'd like to thank you for being with us today on this third episode of the Advent Podcast. Uh, next week, 
Uh, actually, Zachary will be joining me again with, uh, with Pastor John, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about the eve of Christmastide and the Magnificat, uh, a balance between Luther's kind of insight and commentary to the Magnificat and also uh, Bach's uh, musical assertion of the Magnificat as well. So Yeah, that's it's going to be good. So, it's going to be fun. Yeah, really so going to be fun. I look forward yeah. to that as well. So uh, with that, I hope you have a, a great week here in Advent as you prepare again for uh, the Christmas tide that is to come. Have a blessed week. <laughs>